This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. And then all of a sudden, I just got really sick. Like, I gained a, a, an incredible amount of weight in, like, a short period of time. Like, I was freaking out in, like, cystic acne. I was moody. Like, every, like, negative side effect you could think of. I went to, like, four doctors before one finally, like, considered that it could have been the pill. Baseline, like, women should understand what they're taking. And even if they decide to go with the hormonal option, like, at least they know what the risks are. Let's take a breath. <sighs> hey guys, I'm Cindy Litwako and welcome to Something to Share. Every Wednesday, I sit down with people you may have seen on your TV screens, experts in their fields, or just people I find inspirational so that they have a platform to dive into the things that they really want to talk about. We all have something to share, something that we're going through, and something that we need to hear. So let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. Happy Wednesday or whenever you hit play. Thank you for doing it. Um, today we have a really exciting episode on. It's a fairly different take on an episode that we've done. We have a really incredible scientist on the podcast. Her name is Kiana Kabe. She is 23 years old. 23. And she's already done so much for the world, for science, for humanity at such a young age. It's super impressive, super inspiring. Um, she's done things like help create a molecule that helps disperse oil and oil spills in the water. She's also the founder and CEO of Sublima Pharmaceuticals, a startup working to launch the first non-hormonal birth control pill which is super impressive and honestly blows my mind at how much that she has created and how much good she is bringing into the world. And again, such a young age, it, you can just only imagine if this is where she's starting at 23, like what she will be able to accomplish in her lifetime. I love how she is such a big dreamer and she has these ideas or these paths that life has taken her on and she takes those ideas and actually turns them into something. I think a lot of people, me included, have big ideas or have an idea and don't really know how to figure out the next step or may have fear around taking that next step and bringing something to fruition. Kiana is not like that. She is doing all of the things and helping women in a space that is so important. She's very passionate about educating women on how to take care of themselves, on how their body works when it relates to hormones, and really taking a look at what we're putting in our body, which a lot of us is hormonal birth control. I used to take birth control myself in college. My own experience with it was not great. I tried a few different uh, pills, but I really just didn't work well in my body. I would gain a ton of water weight and my mood would fluctuate almost immediately. I was very anal and very reactive to things that I wouldn't normally have been. And I just didn't feel like myself on the pill. And I know it works for a lot of people. So I'm not saying that this is something that you need to change right now. Definitely anything that we talk about today, always consult with your doctor, always do further research. Kiana just talks about her own experience and the experience that she has learned from research and clinical trials. And she's doing what she can to create something as another option within the realm of birth control. I currently have an IUD. It's the very low hormonal one. Um, but I know and I'm aware that it's probably not the greatest thing for me. to. It's not something I want to be on for a long period of time, just from what I've heard on how 
hormones can affect the body and how it's shown up physically in my body. I have experienced a lot more breakouts and things like that. So just something that I'm aware of. If you are interested in this topic, we had a really great former episode with Alyssa Vitti that really deep dived all into hormones. Today, we talk about uh, what Kiana is doing in the field and how she has gotten to this point where she's at, where she's creating this brand new product um, that's never been done before in America that will hopefully help a lot of people. So we get into all of that today. I also love how she is such a, a mentor for young women. And she's also been really mindful with the people that she surrounds herself with, which also includes uh, some of the partnerships that she's had with brands. She's worked with brands that really believe in supporting women and furthering the possibilities for women. Uh, One of them that she's in particular working with right now is Olay. Olay has recently created this movement called Face the STEM Gap, and their goal is to double the number of women and triple the number of women of color in STEM fields by 2030. So I find that really powerful that such large brands are supporting things like STEM. And if you don't even know what STEM is, sometimes I at first I had to look it up. It's science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Can't say those are the best uh, topics for me in high school, but I digress. Um, but it's really incredible to see people like Kiana who have taken their passions and their gifts and turned them into something really powerful and hoping to help so many people in the world. So I think you guys are going to really love her. I'll let her tell all of the incredible things that she's accomplished because there's a ton more. I think this is a really great episode. Maybe if you know people in college that are interested in this field or people looking to find their passions or people with really big ideas who are trying to figure out how to bring them to fruition like someone like Kiana does, I think this is definitely one to share it with them. If you love this episode, please tag us on social media. It always helps uh, get that message out there and truly means the world to me. My something to share today, I am leaving for tour this afternoon. I feel insane, Um, but I'm really excited. It's that feeling of like going back to school or like about to take this new adventure. Um, So there's a lot of mixed emotions, but I am just very excited to dive back into one of my really big passions is performing and being on a stage and getting to connect with people in that way. I can't really describe the feeling, but it just one of those that I feel the most empowered and the most like myself. And I'm just really excited to get that opportunity again. It's filled with a lot of mixed emotions because I'm so, so sad to leave Nick and Dixie. Yeah, it's just, it's really hard to leave the people that you love like this. When I was originally doing the show, which was two years ago, right at the beginning of 2020, I was extremely single, fresh off The Bachelor, and just only had to really worry about myself. And that was a really unique time in my life. One I think I almost took for granted in a way. Would I want to go back to that time? No, but I did learn a ton about myself and I can really look back on that person fondly because she really worked her ass off and took a lot of hits and didn't get a lot of necessary wins, whether that was in dating or work life, Um, but she always picked herself back up and pushed herself. And I want to tap back into that girl a little bit more because I was very resilient in that part of my life. So I'm bringing back that resilience. I am going after my dreams and it's really special now to be able to do that and also have the support of people like Nick who are, you know, this is not easy for either of us to be apart, but to have his support and to know that I have someone that loves and cares for me that much and who 
really wants me to be happy and to pursue the things that I am passionate about, that is really huge. And I hope that all of you out there have people like that in your life, or if you don't, that you strive to put people like that in your life because it's very special and very powerful. And I think it's something that we all need in life. And so, yeah, I will definitely be keeping you informed as I take you on the road and bring the mic with me. So I'll keep checking in with you, give you the lay of the land, um, how things are going and, you know, take you on this journey with me. I was really good about recording a ton of episodes before. So there's a ton of podcasts coming out with really great guests. So I'm honestly patting myself on the back for doing that because it's kind of a marathon right before this point, getting all of that done. But I'm excited to get that out into the world to continue to share with all of you on these episodes every week. So make sure that you tune in, make sure that you subscribe so you can get a new episode every Wednesday. And I would just love if you would review, you know, give us some five stars. It truly does help me. It gets this podcast out further into the world. It helps Apple to push it up higher in the ranking so people can see it. And I just really appreciate the support. So without further ado, guys, we have Kiana on the podcast. Please enjoy this episode with her. Kiana, welcome to the podcast. I have been stalking you for the past couple of days, and I'm in awe of all the things that you've accomplished already, and I'm so excited about this conversation. How are you today? I'm great. I'm really excited too. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. For the people who might not be aware of all of the amazing things that you've accomplished, um, can you give us a little brief breakdown of you, what you do, and why you're so amazing? Um, Yeah. So I'm a 23-year-old self-proclaimed mad scientist. Um, I started doing chemical research when I was in high school. And I know that sounds like really bizarre and like really young to be doing that, but I literally tried everything, like every single sport you can imagine, cheerleading, lacrosse, like swimming. I was terrible at everything (laughs) Um, until I eventually like discovered that I was just really curious about like different like scientific questions. And I ended up reaching out to like a ton of labs. Most of them laughed at me, Um, but there was one um, at Tulane and they actually took me in and I was able to like start this whole scientific research career. Um, So piggybacking off of like my last project, which I actually brought into college with me, um, I developed an oil dispersant following like the BP oil spill being from New Orleans. It kind of made sense. Um, And now I'm working on a non-hormonal birth control pill. Which I'm so excited about that. And I know there's like a lot of steps that take for that to come to market, but just the idea that that is coming and that you are spearheading that is so exciting to me. Um, So I want to break into all of that before we do. I asked two questions initially for everyone and they're very simple. So let's get into those questions. The first question is anything that you might have, Kiana, that's surprising from your nightstand or with an interesting backstory? It's usually an object. You don't have to have it. Um, But do you have anything? Not like super surprising, but it is exciting. Um, My boyfriend got me Billie Eilish tickets in Paris. So (laughs) We're planning a trip to Paris and I have the little oh, wow. like printout of the ticket on my nightstand so I can see it every day. Oh my God, that's exciting. When is that? It's like all the way in June. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm all I'm here for having like events in the distance to look forward to. I mean, my wedding I'm starting to plan now, and it's not until 2023, but I'm like already <laughs> beyond excited for it. So it's nice to have things to look forward to. Besides that, Kiana, anything that's been on your heart or mind lately that you want to talk through, bring up, share with us, anything like that? I definitely think like obviously with the state of the world, like there are so many stressors on everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's really important to focus on like some of those positive things and like finding something to like really look forward to in the future. For example, like my Billie Eilish tickets, and it doesn't even have to be that extravagant. It can be something like small, setting up a Zoom call with someone that means a lot to you and like looking forward to that. Um, But I found that like having something to look forward to during these times, like has been has been extremely helpful. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I was wondering too, because you are so busy and you have all these projects, like what do you do to for fun? <laughs> like what do you do to, to be a young 20-year-old like you are, but keep all of those projects in order? When I was in college, I definitely like I was always going out with my friends and there was definitely I was having a lot of fun, but obviously like when COVID started, I became more like introverted. Um mm-hmm. But I have still found things. I really love working out. Yeah, I would say. But yeah, it's kind of hard right now because we're in clinical trials. So there isn't yeah. like a ton of social life going on. Yeah. Well, it was, it's like for the greater good, I guess, yeah. though, if you have those goals and things to look forward to. But I'm sure you are insanely busy. So I do want to get into all of your work and what you're currently working on. So what initially brought you to creating this non-hormonal birth control? Because there's nothing out there like it, um, and it's really exciting. But what, for you personally, like made you want to take all of your knowledge and all of the things that you're doing research on and turn it into what you're making currently? I'm not sure if, if you've like been on birth control or if you're familiar with like all the different kinds. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what like literally everyone says. That's yeah. everyone's reaction. But so I, I mean, obviously, like I had a very similar like experience where I was put on the pill when I was 16. Um, I had extremely extremely irregular periods and they just told me take this pill and it'll fix your period and that was it I didn't like think anything else of it so Mm -hmm. I've been on it like all the way until like my sophomore year of college with really no major side effects and then all of a sudden I just got really sick like I gained an incredible amount of weight in like a short period of time like I was breaking out in like cystic acne I was moody every like negative side effect you could think of I was Mm -hmm. experiencing and I went to like four doctors before one finally like considered that it could have been the pill. Um, And so they like gave me blood tests and they found that like, actually my body was tricked into thinking I was like in menopause, but Mm -hmm. I was 19. So it was extremely scary. I I went off the pill and luckily like things did go back to normal, but during the research of like trying to find like an alternative solution to the hormonal pill that I realized there like really isn't a very good option. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to go non-hormonal, like you have condoms, but obviously they're ineffective. And then you have the Paragard IUD, but I've also heard horror stories about that. Oh yeah. Um, so <laughs> I wanted to create something that could be taken orally, but without like really affecting your hormonal patterns. Which is incredible, yes, because I have also tried all of those things. And I think it's 
really fascinating that we go on birth control oftentimes so young Mm -hmm. and it's just sometimes it's not even for what it's meant for intended to be like it's not necessarily for having sex sometimes it's just for people have acne or certain things that they want to accomplish and ever (laughs) it always seems like okay we'll just go on the pill everyone's on it all my friends are on it it's totally fine take this pill and everything will go away and it does and it helps a lot for a lot of things but then if you think about it like you're putting yourself on all of these hormones at a very young age. Like what could that be doing to our bodies? Um, so I, you don't really think about it at the time, but then when it start, until it starts to affect you or if you have cases yeah. like you had and you can't really function normally. Like I was on the pill right, right before college and I gained like 10 pounds of water weights. My mm-hmm. mood was crazy. Plus I was going through this huge transition of going into college. So I was like, all of these emotions were running through me and I couldn't really pinpoint where they were coming from. But the second I went off the pill, dropped the weight, the emotions went away. So it's just little things like that. And then eventually I went on the, I think it's a Paragard, the copier, it was a copper IUD and it was great for a while. And then last year I ended up in the hospital because the pain I was experiencing was like the worst kind of pain ever. I thought I was dying, which I think you referenced that before with your situation. And I ended up in the hospital and I had this huge medical bill for something that was just like so so simple. So yeah, it's nice to know that there are people like you looking out for us. Um, What are some of the things that like, why is our body so affected by the pill? Like what is your research found? And like, why is it not always the best thing for us to be on? So it really actually doesn't take that much. Like it doesn't, you don't need to be a scientist to actually be able to understand what's going on. I think the bigger Mm -hmm. issue is that our doctors tend to explain it in a way that makes it seem like totally safe and like effective when in reality, there is a more accurate explanation of what's going on that I feel like most doctors aren't even really educated about. But essentially, Mm -hmm the pill is made up of these synthetic hormones. They're meant to mimic like the natural estrogen and like testosterone that we produce in our bodies. So what what happens when we ingest these synthetic hormones is our bodies say, oh, we have this like external source of estrogen now. Like, I guess we don't have to keep producing it. So Mm -hmm. we shut down our natural production of estrogen, testosterone. And I mean, as you can imagine, it's this tiny pill. It does not contain the dosage of estrogen that we actually need um, Mm -hmm. to function as like human beings, like, and as, as women that ovulate. So what ends up happening is because we're deprived of hormones, um, our ovulation shuts down. So if we're not dropping an egg, there's no egg to be fertilized and we don't get pregnant. That's Mm -hmm. like essentially how the hormonal pill works. Um, And obviously you run into these issues where if you're, your hormones are severely depleted. If you get a blood test, oftentimes you'll end up like me where the doctor's telling you these like estrogen levels look like a woman in menopause. Um, And it's obviously like extremely terrifying. So that's where like all of the negative side effects are coming from. You're essentially like experiencing menopause. Um, Yeah. And if my doctor had like described it to me that way, I definitely would have never started it. Yeah. Um, But... (laughs) So I actually like did a lot of research and I found that um, in India, they actually don't do any hormonal birth control. Their mm-hmm. only um, approved method for birth control is like a non-hormonal pill. And so I kind of took inspiration from that um, to, develop, to develop what I am today. How would a non-hormonal pill work? Because I feel that we've been sold that the hormones are the things that keep us from getting pregnant, but... Right. Or help things like 
acne and things like that, like how would a non-hormonal pill work or how would your pill work? So I also want to clarify for things like hormonal acne or mm-hmm. even conditions like PCOS, um, mm-hmm. I actually would recommend the hormonal pill because if you have like a condition like that, sometimes that is the best thing for you because your hormones are already imbalanced and taking a pill like this could actually balance them. But uh. for most people, it tends to imbalance them. So mm-hmm. But essentially, with a non-hormonal pill, um, instead of shutting down ovulation completely, it would actually delay ovulation. So in our like 28 to 30 day cycle, we obviously like have different periods where like we're ovulating. Essentially, we would be ovulating at a point in our cycle where like the uterus is an inhospitable environment for an egg to be fertilized, if that makes sense. Yes. It does make sense. So then how does the process of you getting this pill produced, I'm sure is not a simple process. So (laughs) you have this idea, you have the inspiration from the pill that you saw in India, like after you realized you wanted to make this product, then like, how did you go from just like the thought or the idea to where you are now? I feel like that would be somewhat overwhelming. <laughs> um, how did you get to that place where you are now? I mean, it was definitely a process. The The first thing I knew is that I would need a lot of funding. Um, and so I took like the entrepreneurial side of my experience, like having had like another startup before, um, I wanted to combine like the startup world with this idea Um, and get it like venture funded somehow. So I just started pitching investors and I was like, this is a really cool idea. I can probably get like my own version of this pill patented. And then you have like a defensible product. And so we ended up going that route and I eventually was able to get the pill into the US um, and approved by the FDA to begin clinical trials. Oh, wow. But it was (laughs) a a very long process. I've been doing this for like two and a half years now. Wow. Was there any pushback? Because I can imagine you introducing this whole new system into something that's been in place for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, was there any pushback as far as you introducing this new pill and reasons why? <gasps> Sorry, I have a bulldog and she's super loud. So, <laughs> um, Is there any reasons why like they would not want to produce it or things that you've uh, experienced in the process of trying to get it to trials where it's at now? Well, so I will say I haven't received any pushback simply because I've totally steered clear of like big pharma. Mm. Like none of my advisors, none of my investors have anything to do with big pharma, like for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would also prefer for them not to really have any insight into my strategy at this point, because like, I'm just little old me. And then you have these like giant, like trillion dollar companies. Um, and it, yeah, so that kind of intimidates me. Um, yeah. but I will say that investors like have tended to be like pretty excited about this because it would be a huge disruptor. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. Um, and I'm hoping that things get sped up now from that you're in trials. So what is your hope and like what is the power behind women getting more control over their hormones and getting this new option um, for a non-hormonal birth control? Like what is your hope for the future of hormones and 
fertility and women's health? Like what do you hope to do with your product? Aside from the product itself, like what I want to do with my company, like as, as a brand, like Mm -hmm. something I feel like big pharma has totally failed at is like really connecting with their patients and customers. And I feel like there is a lot of like distrust around big pharma. And so Mm -hmm. I want to create a space like where women can like actually trust us Um, to know that we're like providing good quality products that are like safe and effective. But also I want to be able to like educate women. I think that like baseline women should understand what they're taking and like why it's better than like a hormonal pill, for example. Mm -hmm. And even if they decide to go with the hormonal option, like at least they know what the risks are there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I definitely like want to use the platform to spread awareness. Yes, absolutely. Because oftentimes they're given like a 40 page packet of what your birth control is. And you're like, I guess this is fine. Um, (laughs) I'm just going to tuck this away in my drawer and just hope for the best. Um, So I love that piece on like more awareness because I think, and I think you're a great example of like the more education and knowledge that we have, like the better that we can be and how it opens so many doors for all of us. So I love that you're doing that. What are some things that you think that is missing right now that we could learn about our our female health and hormones and things like that? I feel like most women or a lot of women that I've talked to through all of this research, um, they tend to like have an understanding of their like menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. But like once you go deeper into like that health category, there's not much beyond that. So when you start talking about like how ovulation is getting shut down, there were a lot of women that have actually brought up how they were put on the pill to get their period back. Mm-hmm. So I talked to this like ballet school. I'm not allowed to say which one yet. It'll be part of our campaign. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them had actually lost their periods because they were, you know, pressured to like lose weight and like keep that weight off. And you tend to lose your period when that happens. And so their doctors put them on the pill to get their period back. And the science and logic behind that is like so messed up. Um, The pill, like if anything, obviously takes your period away because you're not ovulating. Mm -hmm. So the bleed that you're actually experiencing when you're on the pill is just your your lining like shedding, um, but but it's not a real period. So there are just lots of like misconceptions like that that really need to be addressed. Yeah. It's like debunking the things that we've been kind of fed for a long time. But yeah, I totally understand that dance life thing because I I grew up dancing. So I totally get what you mean by that story. It's so sad. What kind of dance did you do? Um, I grew up, I did ballet, tap, jazz, hip hop, all of it. Um, I was dancing in New York actually when I was living there. So I was around a lot of that life and it it breaks my heart to see that from other dancers and things like that because that's the last thing you want to see. So thank you for spreading awareness. Um, So what is this next journey going to be like for you? You have trials coming up. What's the process going to be like for you in the upcoming years maybe or is it going to be less than that? So it could be anywhere from two to four years Mm -hmm. um, unless we get um, approved for fast track by the FDA, which I will have to be applying for pretty soon. It's a little intimidating, but what I'm also hoping is that I can launch 
like a grassroots campaign to start getting like a lot of public support so that when the, the fast track application goes in, um, the FDA will see that there like definitely is a huge public demand for this mm. um, because that's like one of the main criteria for fast track. So yeah, it will be a long journey. <laughs> yes. It's, but there's like that end goal thing of what, like looking forward to those little things. What keeps you going then in the meantime? Because I, <laughs> I think nowadays we're all looking for like quick fixes and things that are coming out fast and like always those quick hits. So it's hard to wait for things patiently, especially with all the work that you're putting into it. So like what keeps you going and what keeps you invested and staying positive and all the things that you are. So I find that like the day to day on this, like does tend to be mundane. When I was first starting, I got to talk to like thousands of women and and it was really fun and exciting to like be able to connect with so many people on something because Mm -hmm. I knew that like when this was launched, there would be a huge demand for it. Um, And obviously like after a certain point, you don't, I have to actually do the work. Like I can't just sit in and talk to people all day um, about their birth control stories. Um, But I have found sometimes I'll just, a few weeks ago, I was in the checkout line at Aritzia, the most random thing, but they asked me like what I do and I, and I told them and somehow I ended up with like all of the cashiers at Aritzia, like circled around me um, and we were all talking about birth control for like 20 minutes. And it's like little moments like that. Mm-hmm. For some reason, every woman I've talked to has a story or like knows someone who has a story. Hearing those in my day to day keeps me going. It's so true. Like, I think the birth control hormone topic, if you bring it up in a group of women, tends to go on for hours. Um, And that's so cool that you have moments like that. Because I think that's a great example of like how many people you're actually affecting and have the possibility to be affecting with what you're doing. So thank you for doing it. And I'm really excited to watch things kind of unfold. But I'm wondering then for you too, knowing that you have all of the, it's not necessarily pressure, but you have this huge goal and you have these people that you're affecting like how do you stay like grounded in it and not get overwhelmed by like the pressure of it all um because I know I would personally so how do you like keep your head on straight I think with everything that you're doing I would say talking to like my family and my boyfriend he also runs like a really cool startup in the women's health space um and so lots of times we'll like bounce things off of each other. And because he's in such a similar space with a similar market, it is really easy to kind of like vent to him and and have everything feel much better afterwards. So yeah, that's awesome that you have that support. And it seems like you've had that for such a long time because you started this STEM journey very young for you. So it's so exciting. And I watched actually this morning all of your TEDx talks and I, I loved everything that you had to say. <laughs> They're so cute and so well done. And I love them because I, I know they were a while ago, but I love some of the things that you brought up and I think they can be very helpful for people if you don't mind me like rehashing some of those things. But you talked about this idea of having big ideas and you're in the right space uh, if people are laughing at your ideas. So I would love to have you like speak on that a little bit. I know it was a while ago for you probably, but it seems like you're still on that track of like following these huge ideas and goals for yourself. So what is that storyline for you? And if you don't mind explaining that a little bit. Yeah, well, it kind of started in high school. Obviously, like there's much less risk in high school. Like Mm -hmm. if you pursue an idea that people are laughing at, and it doesn't work out, obviously, like you have your whole life ahead of you. 
um, yeah. and you have the space to like explore other options. But I would say that that's like exactly why I want to spread awareness like about that mindset, because even though like I had a safety net when I first tried that, I don't now. <laughs> Um, it does happen to work out. I think that a lot of times people are extremely like scared to pursue what they're actually really passionate about. Like I said before, my original research idea, like for the oil dispersant, I had 20 professors like totally laugh in my face mm -hmm. about it, um, if they even responded at all. Um, but there was that one that took me in. And so I found I've had a kind of similar experience with this. Like, mm. why would a, like a 21 year old girl be able to get a drug approved by the FDA, mm. let alone like such an innovative one? It's happening. And it, it is really important to remember that if you had like a really good idea, you probably had it for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, and if you've talked to enough people and you found that like there's definitely like a need for it, um, you should stick with it no matter what. I love that. When you know that you're entering these big rooms and you have these big plans and dreams, how do you keep yourself in that like positive mental space to be like, yes, I have this. I'm I'm smart. I have all these things to offer. Like, what do you do? Is there like a check-in with yourself before you go into say get getting funding or now going into these trials like how do you keep your like head on straight for these big things that you're accomplishing so i always try to have these like positive affirmations with myself there was a point when i used to like look in the mirror and actually tell myself you are a badass um i've got <laughs> i haven't like done that so much lately i i think it's something of like with just the state of the world like it has there's been less like encouragement but yeah i would say that like imposter syndrome is a very real thing mm -hmm. um and it is really important to remind yourself yes like i am going into a room with very smart cool like successful people um but it's important to remember that like if i'm in that room that means that i'm one of them mm. and i deserve to be there and everything I've done is like legitimate and I've done everything the correct way. Um, and there really isn't any reason to feel like I don't belong there. And I think all of the things that are falling into place for you is a great example of that. I hope that people can lean on what you said for their own things. If they have dreams or things that they're looking into to like give themselves that positive reinforcement before going into those big situations. It's incredible. Um, you are a huge like advocate for women and you are like a mentor for, I'm sure a lot of people, I'm sure people, a lot of people are trying to follow in your footsteps. I'm sure a lot of younger women too. So what do you say for younger women who want to follow a similar career path or people who have like a passion like you do and don't know where to get started? What do you say to them? I would say definitely. Um, and it's something I'm really grateful like for Olay for. They've really encouraged like a lot of young women to find mentors. Um, and obviously, like one of their big goals is to like increase the amount of women in STEM, mm -hmm. like overall. And so it's also like been my mantra from day one that like you need to find a really good mentor and get involved with them. And like they will like show you the ropes. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't be where I am today without the many, many mentors <laughs> that I have in my life. So, I love yeah. That. Did you, when you were looking for your mentors, did you just reach out to them cold or did they kind of fall into your lap? Like how did that process work for you? Um, it wasn't like variety, like some, I actually met through like some of my investors, some reached out to me. 
um, interested in like what I was working on. And then, yeah, I would say like, if you have like a dream mentor, absolutely do not be afraid to like reach out to them cold. Mm-hmm. I agree. Especially with social media, the way it is now, it's so easy to DM people. <laughs> you might as well like shoot your shot. I'm going to bring up one more thing that you brought up in your TED Talks because <laughs> I loved them. Um, you're probably like, this is ancient history, but it's, it's really spoke to me. <laughs> um, and I'm just wondering if you're still falling by these same like ideals of this idea of the obnoxious person and the successful person, because I would define you as a very successful person and it's incredible what you've accomplished. But do you still consider yourself an obnoxious person? And for someone who's like looking to be that successful person, what is uh, what are the like key things that you need to be both of those? The way that I defined obnoxious, like in that talk, and the way I still define it today, mm-hmm. is that being persistent with the wrong people can be perceived as obnoxious, but being persistent with the right people can be perceived as like, she's a really motivated person or like, wow, like I really want to give her my money because she's going to get the job done. And so I think like when you find the right people and the right community, you will no longer feel like you're being obnoxious, if that makes sense. Yeah, because they're going to want to hear more of your ideas yeah. and what you have to offer. That's awesome. What are you hoping for with what what's to come? Like what is your dream for now? Like, what are your dreams? Because I know you like to say them out loud. So what are you dreaming about with your company and everything that's to come? I really obviously want to get this drug approved by the FDA. But beyond that, I really want to build a brand that like people know and trust. And I want it to feel less like a big pharma company and more like, like branded, like a fashion brand. I don't know if you've heard of like, there are a lot of companies like Hims and Hers or the Pill Mm -hmm. Club. Um, They've started like direct to consumer, like marketing of birth control, which I think is pretty cool because it gives women the freedom to kind of take control over their birth control experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I definitely won't be marketing directly to doctors um, and relying on them to prescribe this. It will be like available online. Um, and I just want to improve the like overall experience of like taking birth control. So Mm -hmm. that's very smart. I feel like with that, you can get it to a younger audience easier than with through the big pharma. I haven't done any of the research that you have, but that's just my feeling. Um, Yes, that's so exciting. And it seems like there's so much to come and I'm just excited to follow along on on watching it all. I know you've done a lot of work with Olay and they're doing a lot with Olay currently. You've done with work with Area in the past, you've been in Forbes 30 under 30. Like you mentioned having the idea of imposter syndrome. Is there anything that you go through that's like, how do I show up for all these people that are probably trying to follow in my footsteps? Or are you just like one day at a time? Like what is your mindset with all of that? I, I haven't talked about this like publicly. Um, so I probably won't like go into detail, but I'm working with some investors that I just like never even dreamed not in a million years I thought like okay like yes I will pursue this company but like I'll probably never even be in the same room with certain people in my entire life and like that's okay Mm -hmm. um and like now they're some of my like angel investors and they're like some of my mentors and I think that comes with extreme like imposter syndrome and like wondering like why the heck are they even talking to me? It's important to just remember that like no one's giving you their money or like investing their time in you as a favor. Obviously they're, they're doing it for a reason. Um, and if, if all of these people can believe in you, then like 
it's okay to also like believe in yourself. Yeah, that's huge. If you're giving like all – given all of these examples of why you should be believing in yourself, then you yeah. might as well, right? Um, to people who have really big ideas and really big hopes and dreams, like what is some advice that you would give to them starting out? Stay persistent. Um, mm-hmm. And I know like it sounds – it's so cliche, but like don't give up. Like I would say that a lot of times success comes from – being able to stay persistent on something and consistent with it. I feel like a lot of times the people that fail, they fail because they gave up like way too soon. Mm -hmm. Um, It is always very difficult in the beginning. The amount of like no's that I got from people and the amount of people that laughed at me. um, I would say the only reason I didn't give up myself is because I remembered the experience I had like in high school with the research. And I remembered like, where I ended up with that. And so that's kind of what kept me going. I have one more question on that because I'm sure with the yeses and like life has a lot of ups and downs and naturally, especially when you're trying to accomplish big things like you are, when you receive those no's or when you receive those setbacks, how did you keep pushing past them? And how did you, I think looking now looking back on those times, like what is something that you could go back and tell yourself during those like no times? Because it's easy in the moment of like, you've gone through things and you've experienced them and you're like, well, I, I did it then, but I can keep going. But if you were to go back to that girl originally who exper- was experiencing those notes, like what would be something that you would tell her? So it's interesting because I mean, I'm sure, I don't know if you follow or like believe in like manifestation and like positive oh, yeah. and I all do. of that stuff, <laughs> but extremely crazy because in those moments I was envisioning this like future where I was in clinical trials and I was doing podcasts with like cool people like you and where I was like being able to like educate women and really like spearheading this movement for like hormone awareness and all of this stuff. And I had such like vivid just thoughts like about the future. And sometimes I think about like the present I'm in and I think, holy crap, like it's actually happening. I would maybe go back and tell myself to keep having those like thoughts and, and those like visions of the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's the most important part. I have never had something happen that I wanted that I wasn't able to envision, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I've never gotten the job, like if I wasn't able to envision myself doing that job. Mm-hmm. Um, just try to like come up with that image of like, what do you really want? And like down to like what color shirt you're going to be wearing when you're doing it and like the people you're going to be talking to. Um, it really, really helps. You sound like a very big dreamer, but it's definitely paid off. But I think that's a really inspirational thing because sometimes people can be like, oh yeah, I have all these huge dreams, but like I've never seen anyone accomplish it. So why do I think I can accomplish it? But I think seeing people like you is so helpful because it's a clear example of dreaming and believing in yourself and putting in the work and pushing past those knows that it is possible and look at everything that you're accomplishing. So that's amazing. Um, Because I know there is the percentages between men and women in STEM is definitely lower for women and even for people of color. So what would you want to say to those people who maybe want to do those things? How would you inspire them to get into that field? Because I'm sure getting into the field of STEM can be very overwhelming because it's a lot of education. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of science and things. So what would you say to those people? The world of STEM is like something that I like stumbled across. Like mm-hmm. there was a point when I wanted to like go to law school and like become a lawyer and my like favorite subject was like English. And I was like terrified of like my math and science courses. I avoided them at all costs. And 
I think what ended up happening was I was just doing something that I thought was really fun and it happened to be STEM. And it, it was some, obviously it was hard. I don't think that really anything that you you're studying is going to be like completely easy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say like in the same way that like an English class can challenge you, if you have that mindset that like, obviously STEM courses could be challenging, you can do them. Mm-hmm. Um, I found myself like accidentally like doing chemical research and like having a blast. And so, yeah, like obviously it, it was hard, but it's it's also absolutely worth it if, if you're having fun. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people don't even try anything STEM related because they don't think they're going to have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... It's a very daunting for people to find their passions in life and that can feel so like, oh, I have to be passionate about one thing and that's the thing forever. But I think that what you said about just like doing things that are fun and moving towards those even more and more and continuing to follow that, I think that's a great example and great advice because if you put pressure on needing to find your passion in your one thing, then it's going to be really hard to do that. But if you just like take little steps of like, what is fun for me? What is something I'm interested in? What am I, I feel empowered by things like that. There are also like so many niches, like in the STEM world, like there is something for everyone. Like if you're a curious person, Mm -hmm. like there is absolutely going to be like a niche somewhere for you in STEM. There's a lot to go into. So I hope more people do. Um, I'm a right brain person myself, but I did I did well in science. <laughs> um, so yeah, I hope that inspires someone to do that. Uh, final questions for you, Kiana. Um, I always kind of bring it back to sharing in some way. So my initial question, is there ever been something that you've like shared or overshared or would have done differently or taken back, um, if you can pinpoint anything like that? Um, I, I would say at the like very beginning um, of like starting this company, there I, I talked to too many people um, and I over, I shared way too much like about my strategy, mm. um, like way too early on. And so I would say that if you like get like an off vibe from someone or if the energy just like isn't right, um, you should definitely trust your gut. It, it, it is hard because like, if you don't talk to people about your ideas, like obviously they'll never happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but trust your gut and your instinct. Yeah. It's like knowing the right people to tell the things too. It's very yeah. easy to mistake people for those people. So yes, very good advice. Um, Kiana, what is something that you want to be known for or remembered by? I would definitely just like to be remembered as like a really curious person that like was able to like take that curiosity and like turn it into something impactful. Yeah, which you absolutely have already done and currently are doing. So <laughs> good job. Um, one last piece of advice or leaving thoughts for my audience. I would say definitely just remember not to be like too hard on yourselves. I think it's like really easy to fall into this pattern of like self-hate and just like a lot of like self-criticism, but just like there are always like positives in like everything that you do. I will admit there have been some like really rough periods in the past year or so. And there were some days when I had to turn over all of my work, like all of my emails and stuff to like an assistant or like someone else that I like really trusted. And I was just proud of myself for like getting up and like taking a shower and like maybe calling my mom. <laughs> um, so there, there are days like that. And I think that more people like experience them than you think. I, I love that you share that because you can easily look at people like you who have accomplished so much and been like, no, there's no way that she has an off day. Or there's no way she 
just needs to take a day and knock it out of bed because I have those too. So it's like nice to know that even very accomplished people need that um, and to not be down on yourself for needing that either because everyone needs that and should take those days. Um, amazing. Kiana, where can everyone find you, your company, all the things that are coming out? Can you drop all that for me? Yeah. So the company's website is wearesublima.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm also on Instagram. I'm not really on TikTok and everyone laughs at me for it because apparently everyone needs to be on TikTok now. Uh, maybe one day, but yeah. my Instagram is just at Kiana Kave. Love it. Yeah. I mean, you're very busy, so I get it. <laughs> TikTok's a lot, so totally get it. Um, thank you so much for being here. Um, and like I said, I'm very excited to follow along with all that you're doing. So good luck. And when you get that birth control pill out, let me know because I'm taking it. (laughs) That is it for me today, you guys. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. Before you go, make sure that you rate, review, and follow as well as subscribe so you never miss an episode. And one thing you can share in the meantime, this podcast, obviously. Send it to a friend who needs some inspiration or give us some love on social media and tag us at Something to Share Podcast on Instagram. And I'll see you next Wednesday.